1: and welcome to this week's Squeaky Craze podcast. I'm Helen, I'm one of the co-hosts of the podcast and I'm here with Sarah. Hi everyone. And if this is your first time listening to the Squiggly Careers podcast, we should probably tell you a little bit more about what it's all about and what you can expect from this episode. So this is a weekly podcast where Sarah and I talk about topics that we know people are facing day in, day out at work. So whether it's about being brilliant in a new job, having courageous conversations, how to manage your manager, all of that stuff that we know is top of mind and has regularly been top of mind for us. We try and tackle those topics and we dig into the research, We share some of our experiences from our careers, the organizations we've worked for, some of the people that we've worked for as well. But we're very, very focused on helping you take action. It's a big part about what we do on the podcast and in our own business, Amazing If. We very much want to help people take action in their squiggly careers. And on this week's episode we're going to be talking about strengths and very specifically we're going to talk about how you make sure that your strengths stand out at work. And strengths is, I mean it's such a big topic and it's one that we've covered a while ago in episode I think 27 Sarah? That's right, that's right. Which means about two years ago, which is not to say that we're going to repeat the same episode. But that one was more about almost like how you discover your strengths and find out what you're great at. We're sort of assuming you've listened to that and we're taking it one step further. And it's really about once you know what you're really good at, and we focus on super strengths, so what you're great at, how do you make sure that you're using those things as much as possible in your work? So that's what we're going to talk about today. We're going to get focused on lots and lots of tips so that you can take action.
2: And I think within squiggly careers just in terms of thinking about why this matters so much I think the first thing is when your strengths are consistently showing up for yourself and for the people around you that's when opportunities that you don't know exist can come your way and I always think that's brilliant those moments where someone gets in touch with you and says would you be interested in this project if it's something internal would you be interested in this uh, role or perhaps just would you be interested in having a chat because I think we might have some things in common I always think they're the moments where you think oh that's a brilliant opportunity to spend more time doing the thing that I really enjoy and I'm good at and I'm trying to kind of get even better at so I think if you do this really well it's kind of amazing what can come to you the second thing is I think you can to that first point meet other people who are interested in kind of similar areas as you And I think then that commonality and the kind of passions help you all to progress and kind of learn together and certainly I think we found that over the last year as we've written our our first book and become part of a group of writers where I don't know whether we would say writing is a strength I think hopefully it's more a strength than perhaps it was. But it's not now... my super
1: strength I definitely don't think it's my super no. strength there's something and I think it's a really important distinction actually that yeah. you will have lots of things that you're good at but we are really trying to focus on the things that you're great at I think you're maybe it's one of your super strengths Sarah but I'm happy to say it's something that I'm okay uh, i'll never probably be as great as other people are
2: <laughs> yeah i think i've got better with practice mm. i mean to be clear to everybody listening you should definitely buy the book cuz obviously <laughs> i feel like we're like doing ourselves out of it's, lots like a, of it's definitely a work in book. progress <laughs> but i think what it has shown me over the last year is that by talking about that and talking about almost the process and the progress of doing more writing whether that's a book or whether that's articles and different things that we've done we've become part of groups of people or got to know people who are brilliant at that and then i do think that has made both of us kind of even better at it because you read more you write more you get really good advice and then i think the third thing which perhaps even the most important is within a squiggly career i think strengths can be one of your consistent points i think you take your strengths with you from project to project role to role between different organizations different industries and when there's so much changing and potentially so much kind of out of your control in a squiggly career, I always think it's reassuring and grounding to think, oh, but I know I've got those kind of two or three anchors that I take with me wherever I go. I'm feeling confident about how I add value. I'm looking for the opportunities where I'll get to use those things that I kind of know I'm great at. And ultimately, all of this, I think, is just about spending more time doing what you enjoy the most. If I think about this in terms of the most practical kind of application the more we spend our time using our strengths, the kind of happier that we are, the more we're kind of in flow. It's often kind of described as being in flow. And so all of this stuff, I just think means, you know, if you're thinking, well, I enjoy 50% of my day job at the moment, I think some of this stuff can help you to get to 60%. Or if I enjoy 70%, this might get you to 80%. And I think this is always a kind of a changing dynamic. It's not like you kind of go, oh, brilliant, I get to this point of using all of my strengths simultaneously, brilliantly all of the time. (laughs) Of course, you know, no one's quite living that dream. But I do think it helps you to be considered and intentional when you're thinking about using your strengths kind of as much as you can. And one thing, when I was researching this for today's episode, which I found, which is a slightly left field reference, but I hope it's a useful one, is actually one of the writers that I like the most from kind of my previous career, career number one, is a guy called Seth Godin, who some of you might have heard of. He writes some really good blogs, he's really good to follow on Instagram. And he talks about kind of leadership, career development, people development kind of generally, but comes from a marketing background. And he wrote a book called Purple Cow. And one of the things that he talks about, and he's talking really about brands or products, is that for a brand to really cut through, you need to be unique and remarkable. And his quote is, in a crowded marketplace, fitting in is a failure. In a busy marketplace, not standing out is the same as being invisible. And I was just thinking about that and thinking, actually, though I don't want to kind of dehumanise us all and say, oh, we should think of ourselves as brands or as companies. That idea of, you know, there's lots of different people around wanting to apply for different jobs or different opportunities. And often when people are making those decisions, there's multiple different people to consider. You're trying to do things in a, you know, people are doing things in a kind of very busy and fast paced way. If you can be your unique self and be remarkable it's a really good way to kind of get that cut through and we'll put a link to it you can watch him talk about it on youtube and he's definitely worth watching but i actually thought that's a good analogy to kind of bear in mind in terms of what we're trying to achieve i think we sometimes we talk about as well don't we when everyone's
1: when there's lots of things that you're good at but nothing that really stands out that you're great at you can tend to be considered sort of like a very well-rounded person and and that's Mm. not bad but it's not brilliant. And if you know what you're great at, or what you're brilliant at, and other people know that too, then that means you get matched to those opportunities, you add more value, you're more in flow, like Sarah said. And I do think it's a choice, it does take effort for you to think, what is it that I want to be known for? How do I make those things stand out? Like all the tips that we are going to go through, that's going to take a conscious effort for you to invest in them. But when you do, and if you're willing to invest in them, that's the thing that I think really helps you to make a big unique and impactful difference in your career if that's what you want to do there's nothing wrong you know if you kind of think do you know what i just want to be good at lots of things and i sort of don't mind that i'm not known for everything that's also okay but i think if you're sat there thinking do you know what i do want to do what i'm great at and i do want to stand out and i do want to make a big impact and i do want to you know feel like i'm in flow then it's definitely worth the effort and it's definitely something that you can take control of so
2: this week we thought we would go into basically top tip overdrive (laughs) so sometimes in our podcast episodes we'll share a bit about our stories about now and perhaps we'll kind of chat about it a bit more but we thought you know what we've come up with seven top tips for kind of using your strengths more making sure that they stand out so we're going to dive straight into those so if you're somebody who's you're listening to the podcast you like to kind of write down at this section just so you know we've kind of got there a bit quicker than normal Get the pen ready get the pen ready (laughs) So here we go. Tip number one is about strengths spotting. And this is about looking for as many different opportunities as you can to use your strengths. These can be really small things. I think it's about being curious, really exploring... And thinking in as many different, with as many different hats on, I guess, as you possibly can. So I was describing this to somebody um, the other day as, imagine this a bit like a kind of ripple effect. You might want to start with your current role and think about, have I really kind of interrogated all of the different opportunities there might be to use my strengths? Then you perhaps think about your team. Then you might think about your department and your organisation. Then your industry. And then things like side projects, volunteering, even things you do outside of work. Think in as many different creative ways as possible for how your strengths, you could kind of just get the frequency of how much you're using them to increase. And the other thing I think is really important on this point is I've just described that as kind of a ripple effect. I think sometimes you can start in any of those different places that I've just listed. And for me personally, when I was developing my skill and my kind of strength around developing people and to Helen's point had really thought intentionally about right I really want to take this from good to great I knew that I could get some of that from my current role but not enough I always knew that it wasn't going to be enough and actually my current organisation it wasn't enough I wasn't in the right discipline or the right department at that time that's not how my career had kind of gone so far so I, I was kind of slowly but surely kind of making a bit of a pivot and a bit of a change So I very much started this process by going kind of outside in, thinking about what I could do in my spare time, things that I could create, whether it was small little side projects or volunteering or various different events and things that I was going to go to, but anywhere where I could kind of add value in terms of my developing people skill so that I could get even better at it. I've just really focused all my energy and kind of effort on those things. And just going back to that point, they can be really small. I think sometimes when... We kind of say these things. I get worried that people feel like there's lots of pressure to do loads of extra stuff on top of what everybody already has is very kind of busy day jobs. But this could be very occasionally writing one article a month or it could be doing something on Instagram you sort of thought about starting for ages and just not quite got round to. We all probably have a small idea that we've just not got off the ground, I think. When I speak to people, I always feel like they've, they've kind of so got... True. You know, like the... <laughs> It's the sort of little niggle in their head, but there's always so many reasons not to. And I think if you can align that thing that you'd really like to do with the opportunity to then use your strengths more, hopefully that gives you enough motivation to kind of give it a go. And then I promise you from personal experience that when I started doing this in a much more thoughtful way... It was never begrudged time. I always really enjoyed it. Sometimes you were thinking, oh, you know, I'm a bit tired or, you know, I've had a long day. But then when I was actually doing that thing, the kind of thing that was meaning that I was getting to use my strengths more and get even better at them, it always gave me energy because your strengths do give you energy. I was also thinking when we
1: talk about on our courses, we talk about the difference between strengths and super strengths. And one of those things is the frequency of how much you're using that strength. And your frequency increases your competency, i.e., The more that you use that strength, the better you get at it. And it doesn't really matter whether you're using that more at work or outside of work or volunteering or you're being paid for. It It doesn't really matter. It's just if you up your frequency, more people see you being good at it. But you also get better at it because you're using it in lots of different contexts. So I think when Sarah is talking about strength spotting and being able to use it in different contexts, that's a big part of upping your frequency and increasing your competency. You'll get better at it as a result. So, the second tip that we've got then is all about job crafting. And this is all about thinking about in your career how much you're using your strengths. And this can be as easy as listing the things you want to be known for. So, I might say, you know, one of the things I want to be known for is developing people. The second is about uh, building rapport and relationships. And the third might be about making things happen. And then I would assess in my job today. So, whether it was about, you know, the role that I did in marketing at Microsoft or the role that I do now as CEO at Amazing If, on a scale of one to 10, how much am I using? those strengths and if there's an opportunity for me to increase them in any way so I might say making things happen at the moment I don't do that very much it's only six out of ten so I might think okay my opportunity to increase my use of that strength might be in that area that might be where I could do some job crafting so once you've got to that area of clarity which is there's something that I'm good at that I'm not using as much as I could in my role today this becomes your opportunity for a strengths-based conversation with your manager or the team because you want to find a way that you can use that strength more at work. Now, here's the big important thing. What you want to do when you've got that opportunity and you're going to have a conversation with somebody about how you could use that strength more is you want to create a pull for that strength rather than feeling like you're pushing your strength onto somebody else. So, for example, if I said to Sarah, oh, Sarah, I'm really good at making things happen and I, I want to do it more in my job, it would take somebody that was quite aware, enlightened and really wanted me to use that strength and had lots of ideas. It would take all of that and it was also in the headspace to be able to think about it when I came to them to be able to say, oh brilliant Helen, I'm glad you want to make things happen because I've got some ideas that for that, let's go ahead and talk about them. I mean that's like the dream scenario. But a lot of the time you might be having this conversation with your manager and you might say, you know, one of the things that I'm good at is creativity and I want to use it more. One of the things that I'm really good at is building relationships and I want to do that more at work. And they're thinking, well, I mean, I don't really know what you want to do with that. Great that you're good at that thing, but I don't know how to help you. And the the risk there is that you have this conversation with your manager where they don't really help you to use that strength more and it all feels a bit awkward and doesn't really go anywhere you're effectively sort of pushing that strength onto them and hoping that they can catch it and do something with it so instead of that we want to create a pull so if I go back to the you know the example of the conversation with Sarah what I might say is Sarah one of the things that I think I'm really good at and where I know I add the most value is in making things happen and I think there's an opportunity for me to use that strength more in the job that I'm in today and the work that I do for our company. One of the ideas I've had is some of the sort of projects that we we kick about on WhatsApp or on Teams or on Slack where we chat. <laughs> I feel about like you them. might be able to use <laughs> this for more live feedback. <laughs> <laughs> what I might say, it's not i promise it's just an example oh, okay. but we genuinely do have lots of I was ideas thinking, am i go... meant to be writing
2: this down or <laughs> am I, meant to be...
1: I mean if you want to sarah go ahead <laughs> no no but we you know genuinely like we have a lot of ideas that go across our business so what i might say is what i'm thinking about sarah is i'm going to take one of those ideas and i'm going to create a 24 hour straw man so i'm going to come back and in 24 hours i'm going to come back with three options for how we could do it three things that we would do to do next and one thing we would need to drop in order to make it happen or something like that so there was some idea of prioritization but sarah i think would be like oh okay that sounds interesting and that sounds realistic and that would probably mean that some of our ideas weren't wasted and i would have effectively created more of a pull for that strength rather than me going oh sarah can you think of some creative way that I could use this thing that I want to use more, I would have set it into a context of which was valuable for our business. And you can do that for your manager or for your team.
2: Yeah, and I think you've made it easy for somebody else to say yes. You sort of done a lot of the hard work. So it's kind of that opportunity for somebody to just go, well, that sounds great. Like, why wouldn't you go and try that out? That just kind of sounds sensible, I think. The other thing I would encourage people to think about when you're doing job crafting is this is kind of not a one-hit wonder conversation or approach. I think the people who do this really well do it continuously Mm. where, you know, of those three things that Helen just described that she might do, you might start with one of them. That might feel the most realistic because if you're in a busy team or busy department, one of the things your manager might say to you is, "Okay, so if you're going to spend more time doing these things what are you going to spend less time doing? If you've got somebody who's quite switched on, that's probably what they're going to ask. Are you about to deprioritize something or are you just going to work more and do more stuff, which is usually never the answer? So again, just being smart about, perhaps you've thought about that beforehand. You might not even need to offer it in that first conversation. It might just be about going out and just starting this stuff and kind of testing and learning. But equally knowing job crafting can't mean just adding stuff on the whole time.
1: I think continual crafting is a really nice way of thinking about it. It also means it, it's smaller elements, it's a bit incremental rather than like mm. overnight transformation of a job with my strengths.
2: So then the third tip is around telling people and kind of reminding them what your strengths are and what you kind of want to be known for. Often people talk to me about one of the biggest challenges around strengths is that we are required to do loads of different things now in our jobs. We all need to be adaptable and flexible and we want to be helpful and supportive to our teams. So we'll sometimes be talking about super strengths and people will often ask, yeah, I'd really like to spend more time on those things, but hey, I've got a job where I'm running a million miles an hour and I need to do all these different things. And in that instance, which I think is the case for lots of people, lots of people's reality you can end up either not being really known for anything. You're doing so much different stuff. It's almost hard to know what is distinctive about that person. Or you could, and I sometimes think this might be worse, you could end up sort of being famous for something you don't want to be famous for.
1: So true. Um,
2: Which I know has happened to Helen in the past. I don't don't think it's ever happened to me, really. I don't think I'm good at that much stuff, to be honest. I think I've got a a shorter list, perhaps, than you have. When we're doing our workshops on strengths, I do hear quite a few people saying, Oh, I think people think I'm really brilliant at project management. And they probably are. They are probably very, very good at it. But project management is not the thing that they want to kind of be the thing that makes them distinctive. And what they're trying to figure out is going, right, OK, well, if I know that the thing actually what I want want people to know about me is building brilliant relationships, how do I start to make that switch? If that's kind of part of your role and your remit, I honestly wouldn't underestimate the value of working out how you can kind of explicitly tell people and remind people that that's the thing that you really love and that that's what you want to be an expert in and kind of great at. Because people only have, like, so many things I think they can remember about anyone. And if someone has kind of anchored you to project management and you want it to be building brilliant relationships, I think you do have to actually just kind of start to say it. And I think you can do it really naturally. You can say, you know, I really enjoyed working on that project because I just got to build so many brilliant relationships which I can see how valuable they were for delivering what we were trying to do. And I feel like I've got some really useful expertise in that area and it's something I enjoy and want to do more of. And so actually just even saying that kind of sentence to your manager, to your team, whether you're even writing it down in reviews and making a real point of it's the building brilliant relationships thing. It's not just the broad project management thing. It's That's the specific thing, the distinctive thing. That's almost then when you can then start to get into the conversations of, oh, and if you spot any opportunities for me to, uh, where that would be useful elsewhere or in other things for the team, I'd be really happy to get involved in those because it is something I want to spend more time on. You've got to give people, I think, the opportunity to help you. So it's like help the people around you to help you sometimes we can assume that people know more about us than they do because obviously we know ourselves well hopefully really well if you spend a lot of time listening to this podcast but other people don't live inside our heads maybe they've got really big teams to manage or they're trying to sort out all of this sort of stuff for themselves as well so I think being direct and simple and straightforward but of course do it in a way that works for you that kind of feels natural but I think just don't be afraid basically to be explicit about what your strengths are, you know, how they're showing up at the moment, give people some examples to kind of work with, tell some kind of strength stories, and then talk about wanting to use them more.
0: Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices
1: So tip number four, then, is to make sure that your strengths show up consistently everywhere that you are. And if you really think about all the places that you show up, it's actually quite, it's quite broad. If you think about your strengths, obviously, there's everything that's happening day in and day out at work. But even at work, there's conversations with our managers. There's the work that we do on a day-to-day basis. You know, maybe you've got profiles on the internet, And then there's lots of places that we might exist outside of work. And some of those actually might be sort of virtual places. So it might be LinkedIn, which is effectively like, I don't know, the CV really of today there's twitter there's instagram it sort of just spent depends where you spend your time both in person or virtually but ideally what really helps you to build an awareness of your strengths and an openness of your strengths is if your strengths the things that you want to be known for are consistent everywhere that you are and so for this think about where it is you show up so i might think for example what we do you know we show up on instagram and that's where a lot of our community are and we show up on linkedin in that's where a lot of the network of the people the organizations that we work with are and if I think about those two spaces and also the courses that we develop they're probably the three areas that we show up most consistently if I think about those three areas what I want to do is I want the things that I am known for or I want to be known for to show up consistently there so I want to be known for developing people and making things happen and so if I think about you know whether it's um, on Instagram or LinkedIn or on our courses are they the things that get played back to me And it's really important in all those situations that what you want to be known for is what you're known for in those places. And you want to be consistent because it's when people consistently see your strengths, they will start to spot the opportunities for you. And so for me, it might be new projects that people think I could work on or new ways that I could use my strengths of developing people.
2: And actually, I had a really good question that someone messaged me on LinkedIn the other week, where she was asking me, do I need to be in every place online, essentially? So have I got to try and show my strengths on LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram, etc? And my answer to that actually was no, I think you have to be discerning about the right platform for you and the type of work that you do. And actually, in some ways, I think spreading yourself... Too thinly can be a bad thing, and it means that you can't concentrate on doing a really great job on the areas or way where I guess it would be best to show off your work. So, for example, Andrew, who is somebody who we met via Instagram, is an illustrator and kind of animator, and he started to do much more of that sort of work. So he does lots of other things in his day job as well as some illustration, but he personally wants to kind of be more famous for that kind of show that strength off to full effect. And so he's chosen Instagram as his sort of main platform, which makes sense because that's very visual. And actually, that's how we spotted him. So just doing some really great visual animations. He'd listened to the podcast and he actually did an animation of Squiggly Careers, which we loved. And then we got in touch with him and said, oh, do you fancy doing the Squiggly mural that we need for the book launch? And so that's a perfect example of someone doing a brilliant job of kind of showing up and their strength standing out In the right place at the right time so that then opportunities can come to him like we would never have discovered him kind of otherwise and it was a nice kind of meeting of minds so nice Uh, yeah and he does such a brilliant job and hopefully he might do some more work for us again in the future again that wasn't about him thinking i must start a youtube channel i must do all of these things and sometimes i think people do put pressure on themselves especially there's so much like social media and the kind of tech in our lives generally I feel like there is a bit of a trend now where people are starting to figure out that it's not good to be spending all of our time scrolling on our phones and just flicking from Facebook to Instagram to LinkedIn or whatever. I feel like deep and meaningful work done really well that kind of shows off the things that you're great at. That's what people really value. And I think people can sense the effort, the authenticity, showing that it's stuff that really kind of matters to you. And that's sort of what I hope people feel when they kind of interact with Amazing If. So we are in lots of different places and I think you'd see a real consistent thread in terms of wanting to do useful and action orientated career development content. But it probably feels a bit different if you're on Instagram, if you're getting a daily careers tip from Helen on Instagram. If you're on LinkedIn it perhaps feels a bit more like thought leadership. And so, again, we we are trying to very much take this approach with our business, which is that's that point about Seth Godin, whether you're a business or you're an individual, just think wisely about where you are. And just imagine, like, that it's a slightly cringe thing to do, but if someone did Google you, what would they find and do you feel okay with that? And do you feel that it's you're doing a good job of helping all of those brilliant opportunities to come your way? So tip number five is about strengths-based feedback. So... We are really passionate about people getting, receiving and giving more strengths-based feedback. And really, this is just giving people kind of intel and insight into where they're showing up at their best. We talk about it as what went well. So when we're talking about feedback, uh, we'll often say what went well, even better if. But for the purposes of this, we're really focusing on just the what went well. And remember, you can do just strengths-based feedback. You don't have to kind of always have an even better if as well. I think most of the research shows that we need lots more kind of strengths-based feedback to give us ideas about what we're doing well, but also it gives us an indication of that we should keep doing something, because sometimes I think we either take our strengths for granted or we don't realise that they're having the impact they're having, or perhaps we thought we were having a different impact, back to that point about what do you want to be famous for. So if you don't already, in a really informal regular way I would really encourage you to just start asking the people that you work with the most whether that's your peers or your manager don't worry about it It doesn't have to be people who are more senior I always think the people who spend the most time with you at work are probably the people who know you the best ask those people where do you think I'm most useful where do you think I add the most value if you had to say what you thought I was best at in this project what would you think and just start to get a bit of a sense of how are you sort of showing up kind of in the real world is that consistent with what you were hoping? Sometimes it means you find out there's maybe some things that you're doing brilliantly that you just hadn't given yourself credit for. And then that gives you an opportunity and a choice to work out, okay, is that something I kind of really want to build on? Conversely, sometimes you might think, okay, well, I'm starting to get really famous for this thing and it's not what I want to build my reputation on. So perhaps I just need to think about that a little bit. And it's making sure that you are giving it to other people. I think you can be incredibly generous and supportive of other people's strengths by doing exactly the same so actually starting by giving other people strengths feedback is the best way to get it in return because people are so surprised and delighted to get it the only other bit of advice i would give if you're going to start doing this is just be careful not to fall into the trap of sort of generic praise yes um and that is oh helen great podcast tonight or oh brilliant meeting i thought i went really well That's obviously still a really nice thing to say, but it doesn't give anyone any clues as to why it was a great podcast or why it was a really good meeting. Just make sure you do the why. It's so important. That's the bit where people get the insight that why can still be one sentence. You know, you don't have to write an essay. It can be, Helen, I thought it was a great podcast tonight because I thought we did a brilliant job of a range of different tips to help people with their strengths all with practical examples you know so just tell people what it was or I thought that was a brilliant podcast night because I thought you brought all of your energy and enthusiasm tell people what it is that made them good and so that you're just giving them that little bit more to kind of go on and it gives them that bit more awareness to build on.
1: We sometimes talk about the um, the six second rule, which is based on the neuroscience that our brains need a little bit of time to catch up with like strength based <laughs> feedback. So if you just say "great job, Sarah, well done," our brains kind of they don't really attach themselves to it. Whereas if I talk about it for about six seconds, I really start to process and believe it. And you can't really just go "great job, Sarah, brilliant." Yeah, well, you can't really do that for six seconds. It just sounds really, really <laughs> weird. It's like like canned applause that kind of thing. I always think if you've got to Praise somebody for six seconds, you you move from the well done thing into giving them useful feedback. So always do the it was great because try and do it for six seconds and it will force you to say something of value. Do you know once you're aware of it? I'm so much more aware of this now. I think I used to do the that was amazing, Mm. well done. And I meant you're a relatively positive person, so I meant really well, but now I'm aware of it. I can still say all the positive, that was amazing. I thought it was great. I just have to pick out one thing that I thought they really stood out for. And I think once you become conscious of doing that yourself, I think maybe it starts to support a culture where other people could do it too.
2: Though what's funny about this is sometimes we'll talk about this on our courses <laughs> and then people will have already given us feedback and they'll be on their way out and they're just saying thank you. And people will say, oh, thank you, that's great. And then they'll be like, oh, no, I'm not allowed to say that. <laughs> it's weird. And I feel really bad for people. I'm like, oh, no, you are allowed to say it at the end. But it does always make me laugh. The other thing about the six second rule is, and everybody listening, I'm sure will recognise this in themselves. We are our own worst critics and can be quite dismissive of positive feedback. And I think if you can just reinforce it for people, it just helps it to stick a bit more. Yeah. Um, and actually, do you know what? I was thinking, Helen and I even did this last week where Helen mentioned something to me about some of the drawings that we do in some of our workshops, saying that she thought I'd done a good job visualising some things. I really remember being really dismissive because it was sort of in the middle of a day we were doing lots of other stuff and I was like, okay, yeah, great, and just sort of like moved on. And actually Helen sort of wouldn't let me move on. (laughs) She sort of went back to it. And it wasn't like we were practising this stuff, but you did sort of just make me pause a second just to make sure the kind of strengths kind of stuck with me. And then actually because you did that... It really did and I remembered it and then I thought about it a bit more and then I thought about, oh, I wonder how I could use that more or I wonder if that could be more helpful for what we both do. So it was like, to me, that tiny, tiny example of you not just letting me move straight past it really quickly, either because you're busy or you're just a bit embarrassed or whatever it might be, I think really helps. So get on the case with kind of not only the well done but the wise. So I think
1: that is a very nice segue into tip number six, which is about being youthful um and this is a funny word not youthful no youthful. not yeah <laughs> y-o-u-f-u-l baby another l I'm not quite sure i don't think it's really a word everybody but it's some feedback i had recently so um if you are a regular listener you will know that i am officially ceo of amazing if and i officially don't know how to do that job and so i have been getting <laughs> oh, my <myself>, so reassuring <laughs> so reassuring but i've been getting myself mentored actually over the last four months and i will do so for at least an Next eight, I sort of set myself a mission of for 12 months to get myself mentored by a different CEO every month to just ask them questions about what it is they actually do and how they do it and how I could get better at what I'm trying to do and I met with someone recently one of the pieces of advice that she gave me was as a CEO particularly of a small business there is a lot you have to do so I'm doing you know I'm doing everything from like raising invoices to delivering training to doing stuff on podcasts there's a lot you have to do and what she talked about is no matter all the things that. That you're doing, you have to be really conscious about making sure you're youthful at work. And what she meant was that there are certain things that you will do better than other people. And hopefully, you'll do those things brilliantly and uniquely. But you need to make time for them and to focus on the things that you do do best where you add the most value and make sure that you're contributing that into the work that you do just to go back to the point that sarah just raised like sarah is an amazing visual thinker like it is a proper super strength i don't know if she'd even really know or own herself but sarah can take like a concept and very quickly come up with a picture so whether it's like on our training courses we like live draw we don't use any slides in our training courses we live draw everything or whether it is a book that Sarah has read and she's trying to really quickly get across to me like the key points of the book she will draw it out and it makes it really really memorable it makes it almost like a bit funny like you, you kind of engage, I guess you engage <laughs> with partly it partly due to the quality of the no, drawings I think <laughs> No, it's because you come up with a visual that isn't the obvious one, like I said to Sarah sometimes I'll be thinking, "Oh, what is the icon for action and I, <laughs> I will literally Google icon for action and you get like a clapperboard you know like those kind of things, but Sarah will Think really creatively about what that could look like and come up with a drawing that I would have never thought about, and it sort of makes me smile when I see it. And it is such a unique strength. I I hardly know anybody that has that strength. And so what you have to make sure of is if, if that's something that Sarah wants to be known for, it's definitely something that Sarah is distinctively good at. If it's something Sarah wants to be known for, how can she be youthful? How can she think about how she could bring that as much as possible into our work so that she stands out and makes a unique contribution and not a generic
2: contribution. I'm now thinking it's such a weird thing to be able to be good at. It's so great, though. Honestly, it's amazing. <gasps> yeah, but it's not that useful, not really, not in the broad scheme of things.
1: Well, it is if you, you know, train. It is if you do what we do. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so, so good, good news. <laughs> good news.
2: Let's hope this works out, hey. Don't, don't go and be a
1: dentist. I mean, I'm all, I'm no. all for supporting career possibilities, but I don't know. Visual pictures of teeth. I don't know. Maybe for you, I'm you could sure. maybe not know.
2: So then our last tip, so tip number seven, and then we'll do a quick recap for you is we talk about networking as people helping people. I think often with networking and building relationships, starting with what you can give and how you can help others and asking that question, how can I help? What can I give versus what can I get or what am I hoping to gain is a much more comfortable place for most of us to think about kind of building our career networks. The best place to start with thinking about what you can give is definitely your strengths because it is a win-win for everyone. If you think about helping other people using your strengths, that's something that you are good at. So I'm desperately trying to think about someone I could help now with the fact I'm a good visual thinker somewhere else. Perhaps someone um, who was also delivering training, who was trying to do it in kind of a different way. Perhaps someone who wanted to kind of have a go at doing things differently. I could go and say, well, look, I'll come and do a workshop with you. or I'll come and sit in a brainstorm with you. Even if it's just two hours of your time, you could choose to do that. The win for me personally is obviously I increase my frequency. I get even better at it by trying out that strength with new people in a new context. Perhaps it's a different industry. So actually, I know a few innovation consultancies who I can imagine would find actually this potentially really helpful there we go that's the closest I can get to thinking about someone else who might be able to find it useful so let's say they were thinking about doing a pitch presentation and they were thinking actually for this pitch we don't want to use slides we want to kind of visualize the different ideas that we're trying to communicate we know that kind of Sarah is good at that and she's probably kind of interested in this area that we're talking about and actually me you know you might initially go okay well how would that work me just going to spend an hour with that team or an hour and a half with that team sort of almost donating my time so I'm giving sort of my time and sort of my capabilities would make me even better and then hopefully you would be adding value kind of at the same time so I think when you're thinking about connecting strengths to networks of two of the skills that we talk about for kind of succeeding in squiggly career they overlap I think so so much and make it a much more kind of natural process in terms of building your relationships in a way that works for you versus that thing of people feeling like they should network just because they should or, you know, it's always on the list, but they kind of don't really want to do it. I think if you look at your network in the context of starting with your strengths, I think it opens up a whole world of possibility. I have
1: ideas for you, you know, I think that was a very good oh, tip, go but I also have practical ideas for you. I think when you're doing one-to-one coaching with people, you could draw some of your, the concepts that you'll be talking about. So I think you true. could visually draw yeah, them. don't do that, yeah. So that's tip, that idea number one. I also think there is somebody that I don't think you'll know about called Darius, I don't know how to say his surname, but maybe Faroo, it's F O. R-O-U-X Yay. and he writes on Medium about things like productivity you know that I love all that stuff habits of productivity but as well as his articles he draws little pictures like little stick men or you know like icebergs and I think when you write articles we always rely on maybe stock imagery to bring it to life but there's a potential way that we could incorporate your visualisation
2: into the article as well so there are just two small ideas for you friend yeah, they're, they're, both, they're both really good they're better than what I came up with the first time which is why you should also do this stuff with other people <laughs> (laughs) (laughs)
1: shall i recap for everybody on our seven top tips so your top tips everyone for making sure that your strengths stand out the first one is to be strength spotter look for as many opportunities as you can to use your strengths that will increase your frequency which increases your competency tip number two is all about job crafting this might be conversations you have with your manager so you can use your strengths as much as possible in your job today but make sure you're thinking about how you create a pool and not just sort of pushing your strengths onto people the third tip is all about make sure you're telling people what you want to be known for. So you're reminding them it's top of mind, it's in their mind. Tip number four is making sure that your strengths show up everywhere you are. So think about all those places at work and outside of work. Make sure they're as consistent as possible and appropriate for the strength. Tip number five is make sure you're not becoming famous for the wrong thing. Just make sure that your intent and your impact are aligned. Get that strength-based feedback. Tip number six is about being youthful. Make sure you know what you stand out for and make sure you're spending some time doing it because that's where you'll uniquely add the most value. And tip number seven is when you're networking, put your strengths first. We talk about people helping people. Make sure it's those strengths that you want to be known for that you're using first and foremost.
2: And so hopefully you found that useful. Just as we come to the end of the podcast, a couple of new things to talk about for the first time, we're releasing a bonus podcast episode, as well as our kind of usual Helen and Sarah chat. And the bonus episode is me interviewing someone called David Pearl. And David is the founder of an organisation called Street Wisdom, and the author of a book called Wonderful, spelt wonder as in to, to wonder around. And I'm not sure with my accent whether that's clear, <laughs> but to Wonderful. <laughs> And it's the first time that we've done a walking podcast. So with David's business, uh, which is all about street wisdom, which is finding inspiration from kind of the world around you, it felt appropriate for us to get outside for the first time, have a conversation as we meandered around London, trying to avoid lots of building work that was very noisy. I think you will find it a really fascinating conversation. I really enjoyed it. I really enjoyed chatting to David. He is encouraging questioning and reflective and he has done work all over the world I think just helping people to reflect on themselves kind of find their creative spark maybe think differently about them themselves their careers maybe their jobs their organizations and he's sort of a quiet rebel, I would say. He sort of does think about things differently. And he has also had a really interesting squiggly career. So actually, he talks a lot about I think it was opera singing he did. He's done so many different sorts of jobs. So he is fascinating. So it's sort of part squiggly career story conversation, part career hints tips ideas I think it's a bit of a combination which is actually why we're releasing it a bit later so originally it was going to be in January as part of the squiggly career stories but it sort of ended up being a bit of a hybrid so we thought we'd put it out as our first ever trial bonus podcast episode see what you all think, let us have some feedback. If you like having some bonus episodes, please let us know because we can keep looking at doing those. There's lots of interesting people we'd love to talk to, but equally we don't want to kind of bombard you with too much stuff. So if you get a chance, have a listen to me chatting to David. We'd love to know what you think.
1: And then following the guest episode, we have another episode that we're very excited about. It is our live podcast that we have done very recently at the Sunday Times Life Lessons. And we talk on the topic of work and well-being. So when you listen to that one, you can expect to hear from three amazing guests talking about, oh gosh, the conversations we need to be having at work. You know, if you're starting your own business, some of the pressures that creates, and also like how you stay resilient. I'm The guests that we had were amazing and we had such a lovely audience. So hopefully you can feel some of the warmth and inspiration that I think other people that were in the room felt as well. So that is a good one to subscribe to wherever you listen to podcasts. Subscribe because don't miss out on that one. The speakers
2: are ever so special. So that one is out next Tuesday. So that will be kind of in the usual Tuesday slot. But for now, thank you as always for listening. And um, we really do appreciate it. Thank you for continuing to share and subscribe. And I know lots of people recommend us to people they work with or just their friends or their family. And we love all the messages that you send us. So if you want to get in touch with us, you can find us on Instagram. We're at Amazing If. And again, feel free to always message us. We really like reading them. Hopefully respond to, I think most of them. I hope we don't miss we too many. We do our best, I promise. We, we do our best. Or you can find us on LinkedIn or you can always email us at amazingif.com. But that's everything for this week. Thanks so much for listening. Bye.
0: Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods,